2: I'm walking by the Christmas tree last night and lo and behold a couple of presents are wrapped and one of them caught my eye. It's about the same size, weight as those new coasters I want then those new uh, sunglasses that I want but uh so you know good things are happening on the horizon uh, this is bite me a Texas saltwater fishing podcast I am John Lopez that is Captain Scott Knoll you will hear his voice in just a second and certainly uh, you'll be captivated by his expertise uh we really have a lot of fun doing this show and it was kind of uh uh, rewarded last week, I want to shout out to uh, everybody who tells everybody about this podcast and appreciates what we're doing, um, named one of the top 30 podcasts in uh, in the country. How about that? Fishing podcasts in the country. And uh, before you talk about uh, what were there, only 30, 35 that were qualifying, no, it was more than 1,000. And uh, so that's pretty good considering we've been doing this, what, this is episode 14. Uh, do about one or two, one and a half every uh, every week, so to speak um so we want to thank you for doing that spreading the word you can subscribe today and be a better fisherman tomorrow we always talk about that we always talk about being the next best thing to being on the water is this bite me podcast and couldn't do it without you guys couldn't do it without your suggestions we have a couple of uh, listener notes and messages uh, that we're going to address in today's podcast all right and here's here are the topics for today and uh, if you want to listen the entire 45 50 minutes I'm sure you'll appreciate it. How do fish think? And this literally just happened off air uh, because there were some good stories that Scott was telling me. Uh, That's one topic, how we're going to start here. We're going to talk about uh, winter trout behaviors and tactics, which ties in certainly a little bit with how fish think. Uh, And That's all fish, trout, redfish, flounder, all the inshore ones, and we'll talk about offshore another time. But Uh, Here's a a question from a listener. What is considered a better alternative when fishing with small kids that are not particular about uh, the fish they catch? He's talking about bait, and we'll get into that. Uh, Big news uh, this past week, uh, news that I think both Scott and I will like and appreciate, but certainly talk about, uh, a five-trout limit is being... uh, Kicked around for the entire Texas Gulf Coast. What would it mean and how will it be implemented, etc.? All right. And so we talk about habitat. I got this from our friends over at, uh, I believe it was Texas Fishing Game. It might have been Tide magazine. I get them all. And I saw this story. I said, you know, that's going to be fun to talk about from a fisherman's perspective. You get those stories about. Uh, habitat, and I know up uh, up and down the coast there, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, CCA, they're dropping these big tankers and rocks and everything else uh, to build habitat since a lot of the oil wells, oil rigs have been uh, uh, removed. What can fishermen do uh, for the habitat? Because that's our future. Uh, drifting deeper cuts in cold weather. That's appropriate right now, and we'll get on from there, maybe even get into some overcast uh, days, why those are better. But let's start the podcast with how fish think. Now, you and I were just talking about this, Scott. Um, by the way, it's Captain Scott Knoll on Facebook, captainscottknoll.com, if you want to book a trip and uh, and it'd be worth your while. I'm at Lopez on Sports on Twitter uh, and Lopez on Sports on Instagram. All right, so you were telling a great story about your buddies at, at MiraLore uh, uh-huh. uh, and, and how they really... They, they put a lot of science behind their lures and by the way we're not doing a commercial for mirror yeah. lure. we talk about have, oh, we it talk, was
0: a doa actually oh,
2: i was doa Yeah, that's right
0: so see yeah, I, 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 I deal, deal not, with doa and mirror lure both we're not uh, quite uh, uh, a bit you
2: know we we have our and we've talked about our uh favorite uh, baits and brands etc and but we're not going to do a commercial this is just a great story so you're talking about the doa people
0: right uh mark nichols mm-hmm. he's the owner of doa invented the doa shrimp everybody he always if you think doa you think about that shrimp right but he's got a ton of other lures mm-hmm. as well he's got a lot of soft plastics of all kinds uh me being a writer you know right for the magazine right. and all that uh he has a doa writers event mm-hmm. that he does every so often he used to just do it in florida invite some, yeah. invites a bunch of writers out and then he gets his pro staff guys in the area and they all take you out fishing take a couple a of shame. writers what a shame it's tough yeah <laughs> they started doing it in texas last year yeah. last december yeah. and i got invited to that one i've huh. been to the ones in florida how do they feel about podcasts and, uh, he, <laughs> we talked about it a little bit <laughs> okay, we, did, well, we did discuss it i uh, got a funny story <laughs> about that too but, <laughs> get in my number <laughs> uh, yeah um me and me and mark have gotten to know each other really well over mm-hmm. the last few years from all this and we were talking about colors and it was just me and him just sitting right Having a beer Shooting on the bull. porch, yeah. You know the other guys were still out fishing. Uh, it was cold, so you and know, i had come yeah. in a little early. Yeah, and uh, we're the older guys in the bunch, mm-hmm. and uh, we're talking about jig head colors, and yeah, I'm just ask, asking, asking questions of the his, master, his brain, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he said one of the things he was talking about was chartreuse. You know, we always say, you know, it's no use if it doesn't have chartreuse, right? Right. right. You hear that all the time. He said, uh, in his opinion, it was because of uh, just the brightness of the color mm-hmm. it's 90 percent yellow and 10 percent green okay is the way he mixes it and he said just those are the brightest colors of the spectrum and he thinks it, it's just a reaction it's mm-hmm. a reactionary thing uh that they see something bright flashing and that's why they hit it mm-hmm. uh, he the interesting part like we were talking about before we started recording was uh he built a tree house kind of a deal <laughs> In his backyard, he lives near Sebastian Inlet, yeah. he's got a got a house on the river, mm-hmm. and it's a saltwater estuary river, and he built a treehouse out over the river. So he can actually see into the he water. He goes out there and lays down on his treehouse and looks over the edge and just stares and watches the snook, watches redfish, mm-hmm. watches all the bait fish, how they react to each other, they school up right how a redfish or a, a snook especially he said you know the snook are really good at it. they're like cutting horses mm-hmm. and they'll cut a, an individual bait you're talking about angles yep yeah. they work angles and they'll cut an individual bait out of that school and push it into a rock that's push crazy it into a corner that's crazy and, uh, just attack that one bait fish mm-hmm. you know we think of them as slashing through a school of bait and just gobbling and gobbling yeah. it up, you know and just being lucky with whatever they happen to get right he says they actually appear to him to target an individual bait. Mm-hmm. He thinks that's a big reason why colors work because don't it, it work. grabs their attention because more than different. the gray or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's actually it looks similar to. It needs to be the similar shape mm-hmm. and it needs to be the similar size to the other bait fish that mm-hmm. are around. Which you and I have obviously We've often always talked about, about match yeah. the hatch, but matching the hatch to the degree that it's exact is probably not a good thing Mm -hmm. that's where the chartreuse or the little flash uh, whatever it is it's different about that bait right makes it stand out from the crowd because if you have a mullet that looks like a mullet it's just another mullet that's just another mullet right you have Uh, a
2: mullet imitation with a chartreuse tail they're, they're like hey yeah maybe <laughs> you know, that one tastes better it's I like don't know. it's like that woman in high heels you're like you know you know you can see a hundred women walk by you see one in high high heels you go hey now uh, so, so i mean i hate to be crude but uh you know something that makes it stand out right now you've had similar instances because you're always on the back of the polling platform right. uh, and first of all how cool is it that he has that because there's no he doesn't disrupt any damn thing at all no. he's literally hovering over the habitat in his right. treehouse so he sees how it really is in the wild
0: yeah, he's you know he's, he said he's 10 12 feet up yeah and you know we all have deer stands he's got a fish stand mm-hmm. and so he just sits up that's there and cool. just watches and, uh, that's way cool yeah and he's invited me to come to the house and sooner or later i'm gonna make it over there and just go hang out with him at the house and hmm I think that'll be a pretty interesting experience with Mark. Oh heck yeah! And, uh, knowing what an innovator he is on baits, mm-hmm. there's no telling what hand carved things you're gonna see in there. And, yeah, uh, it should be interesting.
2: Now you, you know, we talked about uh, you know this segment being how do fish think? That's what we're talking about. They, they do have. Behaviors now, whether they're thinking with their small brains, you know, like you and I think, no, but right. they have instincts that make them do these things. And you've noticed a lot of the same stuff from the polling platform,
0: right? Yeah, I'd, my feet are eight feet up off the water, yeah, give or take six mm-hmm. to eight feet. Um, uh, so you know, putting my head height way on up there, yeah, and the higher you are, the better you can see in the water. And I spend a whole lot of time just polling and watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't have customers, I'll pull somewhere and sit up in a likely-looking area and just look and kind of do what Mark's doing—just watch them mm-hmm. and see how they react to different shorelines. How does a redfish go about a cut bank? Mm-hmm. How does you know? How's he poking into that cut bank, and what's he doing there? How's he going in and out of a flooded just grass? behavior? Just yeah, how the how they're going to react, mm-hmm. and what that helps you with too is knowing what they're going to do next so that you can present a bait in front of them.
2: So next time when you when you are fishing or you have a client, you're like, "You know what? Why don't you put it
0: there?" Right. You know. Yeah, I see him going into the grass. Don't try to make that cast. Mm-hmm. His head's in the grass. He's at a 45 going in. Mm-hmm. He's going to come back out probably just a little ways down within a foot or two of where he was depending on right. how thick that grass is. Right. Let's wait until he's coming back out right. and then drop it on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll likely get a reaction bite because he thinks he's pushing something out of the grass. That's what his intention is. Right. He's trying to go through that grass and spook something out into the open mm-hmm. so that he can better have a shot at it. Uh, that's what you get by watching over and over and over again the habits mm-hmm. and how they react to the different baits and how they react to different stimuli. Right.
2: And so you see now clearly, you don't pull as much and see trout, but you do see trout. Oh, right. But s- you do see trout. I mean, you're not. Uh, I see I, a I good many trout targeting. I should say. Right. But, but uh, you know, what are some of the behaviors? Do, do, do they jibe with what what you're talking about? Uh, he's doing from his treehouse.
0: What I generally see with trout is they're sitting really, really still. Mm-hmm. Those big trout. Mm-hmm. I see them up in the grass, and they. It's like they're sleeping. Yeah, uh, and if they are moving, they're moving extremely slow, you know, just barely cruising along. Right. and they're down in the grass or you know, right on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting to see those and big, the big, big trout, trout, big single trout. Yeah. Uh, now the smaller trout, you know, they're going to be in the schools and and uh, mm-hmm. feeding as a group, but those big, really large single trout, it's always interesting to see how they how they're moving. Right, and they don't spook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't. They'll know you're there, and I'll be pulling up to them, and they just won't eat. <laughs> and then they'll just kind of slowly ease off. Yeah, they're uh, like
2: I've seen enough of you.
0: They're so aware of their surroundings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting to watch. And that, boys and girls, is why
2: when you're targeting big trout, as you and I have often talked about, and you can go back and listen to all these podcasts. By the way, uh, if you where you saw this one, you'll see the others. Um, when you're targeting big trout. You know, slow wade fishing, quiet, quiet. get up there and grind. And that's yep. a word we lose, use a lot. But you might be, I'll give you a good example of my, my buddy Patrick, you know, that uh, that caught that big trout we talked about about three or four weeks ago. I mean, he made his luck. People talk about, oh, you're lucky. Right. You know, he made his luck. Uh, I was at one place catching some flounder or trying to, and, uh, and his dad was out there and wade fishing a little bit. He got out to make a sandwich or move the boat or whatever. Patrick just up and down that shoreline. And it's Captain Patrick Gardner, by the way. You can get find him in, in, in East Matagorda. But grind, uh, grind, 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 grind. He He walked his way up to some trout that was just sitting there like you're talking about that all of a sudden got irritated with his bait
0: and struck now here's the thing you say they don't move but when they strike they move oh they move hard <laughs> hard and fast they're saving their energy yeah they're that's the difference between big trout and little trout mm-hmm. you know those big ones they're going to eat occasionally yeah and when they eat they want to eat something pretty good size and more calories in yeah. than they expended trying to catch it right and so i think that's why they they're more still about mm-hmm. it yeah uh, you know, watch the animal documentaries what do the lions do on the serengeti they're just sitting they there. lay around and all they're day looking and they're watching yep. and then they see the the right mm-hmm. impala that's limping you know they yep. got a pulled hammy mm-hmm. and uh, that's the one they <laughs> want to go for well yeah and that's one thing
2: that i, I mentioned oftentimes i mentioned it to you and our listeners you know, the way I. Th- you have to think of trout is tigers. They are predators. Right. OK. Now, whether it's the, the tiger or the lion sitting in the in the reeds uh, or a trout sitting in the grass, they're waiting and they're thinking about eating, but they're not eating yet until they get the best opportunity. Right. So they are a predator. And the other thing predators do is and this ties exactly in with our next topic. So it's a perfect transition uh, is that they 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 stalk from the dark to the light. You know, they, they, they went from, the, right. from the brush to the open field, if you will, of, of the water. So, so they are a stalking, attacking animal, and that's what you have to always think about, and that's why we go into this next topic. You know, what exactly are winter trout behaviors? You hear about winter trout, the big trout, or, or bigger <laughs> trout that you want to get. Um, so the behaviors, uh, well, I'll start with you, but the behaviors are, are very much what we just talked about, but probably
0: deeper water in the winter when it's, or when it's really cold. When not always. When it's really cold, yeah, they're probably going to drop down. Mm-hmm. But, uh, now, I mean, most of, the, most of the big trout that are caught are caught wade fishing. Yeah. So it's not very deep. Well, and you and I have often, often
2: mentioned as well in Texas, it's different than other places. Uh, right now, it's not cold. It's cold for us. Right. It's not cold for the fish. Right. You don't have to slow down your bait that much, if at all. And no. and they will spend time on the shoreline. No, I, I mean, I
0: was down in South Padre this week and mm-hmm. water, water temperatures dropped after the front and it was blowing and cold and raining and mm-hmm. it was pretty nasty nasty for you nasty for me <laughs> uh, it dropped the water temperatures from probably i guess one day we were in this one area and i was looking it was 66 and dropped it down to like 62 mm-hmm. 64 mm-hmm. something like that so it didn't drop dramatically right and well, air temperature dropped dramatically right but the water temperature it's it's insulated mm-hmm. and uh, hell we saw tarpon you know Get out. i didn't even know that yeah uh, saw uh, had one they had nice out? no they were up <laughs> in the channel uh, yeah. and these are residents yeah and uh, it came up and took a swipe at one of the guys baits that was standing right next to That's me casting and it missed and the coolest part was our solix mm-hmm. the depth finder you saw we're talking about we turned around and looked and you could see the perfect outline of the tarpon <laughs> it was pretty cool so what else about
2: quote-unquote winter trout winter
0: trout i mean slow it down a little bit mm-hmm. Yeah. uh they're if you're going to go fish for the bigger fish you want to slow down anyway most of the time because like i said they're watching mm-hmm. and they're easing along they're not you know real fast like the they can be right but they're not typically going to be just prowling really hard up and down a shoreline mm-hmm. looking for for anything right you know redfish when they're feeding heavy they're cruising down that shoreline they're busting stuff up uh, little trout doing the same thing right but the big trout. So when I see them and I watch them, they're very methodical the mm-hmm. way they move down a shoreline. Uh, a lot of times the mullet aren't even spooked. Right. Yeah, you know, they're they don't
2: they don't you know, see them barely.
0: I don't know if they don't see them or if mm-hmm. they just don't give off that vibe of hey I'm fixing to eat something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like like just again like back there back to the lines. You know the, you see it all the time. The lines are laid out there and then mm-hmm. the, all the you know, all the other animals, the grazing animals, right, are all just about kind of him. wandering around <laughs> and they're right by them. Yeah. You know, well, I see that a lot from the polling platform yeah. as well with redfish and trout. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're not in a feeding mood, the bait fish seem to know it some mm-hmm. kind of way. Yeah. So that that's another thing that leads you to the thing we talk about a lot is nervous bait fish. Those bait fish are not nervous at all around them. They're probably not eating. Yeah. And But the bait fish can sense it. The hell their life depends on it how many times so, you seen school after school of of bait
2: r- swimming by your boat but they're just swimming by your boat right and so you think hey there's bait i'm going to cast and catch a big old trout or a redfish and you don't it's because the bait fish are just like hey, nothing
0: to worry about here yep. you know <laughs> so what so, else so looking looking for that the bait's going to be less in the winter time mm-hmm. as far as numbers go right and less obvious uh, so sometimes it's just that one single mullet that jumps mm-hmm. in a cove in the back end of a cove that kind of gives things away that hey, there's something going on back there uh, so that's probably the best winter trout tactic is knowing your area knowing the bottom mm-hmm. you know you're having something that's a little different you know a little drop little reefs mixed shell right. whatever it is and some bait that's moving around mm-hmm. uh, that's not acting like it's you know, just having a holiday.
2: One thing that I that I uh, a couple of thoughts that I subscribe to is, is the last thing you said is one. Like a lot of times, you know, you'll be waiting or cruising along real slow, trying to find, you know, what just looking, and and sometimes my kids will will think I'm overreacting. I'll just see one little flip right. of a bait, and I'm like, ooh, and so I'll immediately go there. And, and if you're used to and you're accustomed to birds feeding, that type of fishing, or a lot of bait on the surface or shrimp jumping, that's a lot or a lot of mullet jumping. Right. That's a lot of bait jumping, probably around schools of fish. But one bait jumping this time of year it's still a fish there's still probably a a fish there it's just it's what exactly what you talked.
0: it's also the difference between fishing for numbers and fishing for the number yeah
2: yeah the size yeah Uh, the big fish so so even if you like this time of year i would say from november all the way to february maybe even to a little more if you just see one mullet one bait piece of bait whatever it is jump it's it's something it's not nothing okay and the other thing i always i subscribe to um I talk about um, you don't really have to slow down your 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 fishing tactics or your fishing style that much in the winter. I just don't think you do. I think you yeah. subscribe to that as well. But you slow down a little bit, right? Because yeah. if you're wade fishing, even if you're drift fishing, and maybe i'm 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 doing too much here, <laughs> but I generally use a drift sock if I'm drift fishing in the winter more than the summer. And the reason is you're slow. You're more slowly going through the water, right. because a lot of times if you're drifting and or are waiting, you can and you're waiting too fast. You can cast that bait'll hit a foot in front of the trout that you want to catch, and you're walking too fast and you cast again. Now you're two feet past that trout. Right. So I'm saying to be able to cover the most water in a linear in a linear way, just slow down. Don't you don't have to get from here to that bank that you're you know you're you're uh wading to a half a mile away or three quarters of a
0: mile away it's not a race you know the other thing that i see good wade fishermen doing versus the average guy or the mm-hmm. low average guy they'll the low average guy is going to jump out of the boat they're gonna wade out there to the depth that they're comfortable with whatever mm-hmm. they think and they're going to throw out
2: out back toward the deeper right They're yeah just throwing back to the deeper
0: water they've parked the boat up really shallow they wait out there till they hit waist deeper wherever they feel like they need to be and they only throw out mm-hmm. throw all around you get a fan throw you know cover the water fan cast hit yeah. the hit the shoreline you always talk
2: about yeah. that hit the shoreline come off the shoreline come out in front of you come out out a little deeper
0: you've got a fan cast right. work the whole clock mm-hmm. and the guys that are good you see them working that yeah. You, know, uh, you know, there's specific things that you'll see in water with when you get your good glasses for uh, Christmas <laughs> that, uh, you know, you'll see a little darker pocket yeah. or a little a sand spot mm-hmm. or whatever. You won't see that on Sabine so much, but down down yeah, south. whenever I go to Matagorda. Right, and you're going to see the sand pockets. You're going to see points of sand My other grass. home in
2: Matagorda, East Matagorda. Right. Uh,
0: yeah, or, or even further south, and, of Port O'Connor and such. Yeah, you'll naturally work those over harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and the good guys... really firing it off and it's not one at 45 degrees one at 90 degrees Mm -hmm. it's one at 45 one at (laughs) 47 and a half one one at 50 yeah they're they're gonna work it really really tight right because like i was saying a while ago when i see these trout they're laying in that grass a lot of times Mm -hmm. so if you throw it at 45 then you throw it at 30 you're missing you've missed him Mm -hmm. if he's in in between there same
2: concept it was i'm talking don't don't, don't slow down your bait per se you slow down Right. You slow down and then, and also, you know, fan cast. Um, and, and that's that's for a big trout, for a good trout that you want to catch, uh, that would be good. And, and if a lot of guys like to, to drift fish, I'd like to drift fish. But uh, I, I really do use, not just, I don't base the drift sock just on wind alone. Obviously, sometimes you have to, because if you've got a big, strong wind, you want to slow down. Right. But sometimes I just I put the drift sock on when there's a light one just because I want to go slow through well, that it helps you
0: get your bait down through that fish area yeah that fishy area and the other part is it helps you maintain contact with that bait mm-hmm. exactly and you're not
2: just reeling the right. whole time as
0: you're as you're drifting mm-hmm. it's getting closer to you so I see it all the time where guys have no contact with their lure right. at all. And if they do get a hit, it almost jerks a rod out of their hands because they never felt they, it. They don't feel it it's too late. The fish late. hooked themselves. Yeah, exactly. And uh, suicidal fish. And, uh-huh. And... By the time they feel it, the fish is already hooked and running. Yeah. All right. What
2: a good job you did. Yeah. Uh, all right, so this is from a listener, and it has to do with the uh, kids fishing and introducing kids to fishing, which uh, we've done in the last two last episode, a couple of other episodes we've talked about that. Uh, he was saying that he goes and likes to net uh, bait, and I forget exactly what he said. I got this on Facebook. Um, but he said, what are good alternatives when you're fishing with smaller kids? I'm guessing probably with uh, younger than eight or nine years old. Uh, and they just want to catch And he actually gave some examples Frozen shrimp, frozen squid, fresh cut mullet Is there anything more easily obtainable Now this seems like a very rudimentary uh, question And and my gut reaction at first was really any of those But then I started thinking about it And I'm like, when in doubt,
0: frozen shrimp
2: I think, but would, yeah, you, would you agree It's got to be fresh
0: shrimp I mean, frozen, fresh frozen mm-hmm. Or fresh Right because uh, the frozen stuff that's been sitting in there that you find at you know, the box store right. you know, they got that little bait section sometimes right. or, or even at some of the fish camps and you sit in a little tub and it's been in you can look at it and see it's freezer burning yeah no no I was not say, looking good yeah uh, that stuff will be so mushy mm-hmm. and soft yeah. that it'll it'll come immediately come off now for an adult it's not as big a deal because mm-hmm. you're used to fishing you feel that bite now, for a kid you want I like on squid yeah like squid yeah, I'm taking my, my little mm-hmm. granddaughter out, uh, her first trip, and it'll stay on there I forever. Put squid on, yeah, and uh, just cutting some tentacles off of it, mm-hmm. or cutting the body. You know how thick and and uh, right. rubbery that is. Right, it stays on the hook for a whole lot longer, mm-hmm. and eventually they can feel the bite. They might not feel that tick tick that tick, tick tick yeah. at first, you know. <laughs> eventually the fish is going to eat it and then and take off. Mm-hmm. So I think it helps them learn to feel that. Uh, whereas if they had shrimp on the first tick-tick, it's right. gone. Right, right, right. The, the shrimp's gone, and now you didn't notice it because you were doing something else, mm-hmm. and now they're sitting out there with a bear Ooh, hook, a bear, bear and there's hook. nothing going on, and they get bored, and they're ready to be yeah. finished. Yeah. Uh, when my granddaughter was three. She came down to the ranch. She said, I want to go fishing. All right. And I said, all right. We went down to a buddy of mine's, uh, He's got a pier at the end of Lane Road. There. Yeah. And uh, we went out on the pier, and I went over to, to the bait camp, at charlie's and Mm -hmm. talked to him about happened that day all they had was squid he had some frozen squid so i got that and cut it up and she caught all kind of stuff (laughs) and she's three i mean she had just turned three yeah and she had a ball out there she caught 10 fish in a matter of 30 45 minutes oh that's perfect and there was drum and croaker and sheep's head Mm -hmm. and, and whiting yeah it just had a ball and then she was done. She wanted to go pet goats. Oh, sure. She's a kid. <laughs> well, then that
2: goes, you know, we, we talk about, uh, you know, you want to keep it exciting and fun for them. So when she's done, let her be oh, done. She's done. Yeah. Really, it was time to go pet goats yeah, you don't down make in her my neighbor's place. At, yeah, don't make her but, stay out uh, there.
0: No, she, uh, but she could feel the bite. Yeah. Yeah. She knew when she had fish. Mm-hmm. And I credit that to the squid yeah I, I you know that's a really good point uh, you know, squid
2: we've all fished with squid as kids especially uh it stays on the hook there's no doubt about that um my my thing with shrimp especially fresh or fresh frozen is i just feel like there's more but not yeah. that's necessarily true i guess if the fish are there they'll hit squid they'll eat it
0: yeah uh, you yeah, know they're it's all smell and mm-hmm. squid smells pretty good to them i guess yeah um but, and for me it's the it's just the hook holding power right yeah. and another uh, thing that and you can use circle
2: hook or the hooks that you like i like those little kale hooks yeah kale
0: hooks uh, that's my favorite mm-hmm. it's just, it's not a true circle hook yeah but they're real real thin tip. it's got the crooked tip on it yeah and a wider gap and then it's they're also real real thin wire mm-hmm. so you don't have to set the hook so hard gotcha the the point goes in it much does, easier it does the work by itself right Same concept as a circle hook. Kind of the same concept, Mm -hmm. but I think the hookup ratio is better on those smaller fish.
2: Anything else? Yeah, his last point, was there anything else to easily Mm -hmm. obtain? I I mean, I can't really think of anything than the the go-tos of mullet and, uh, Uh, I mean, uh, squid
0: and shrimp. Those are the things you're going to find at a bait camp, any bait camp, Mm -hmm. anywhere. uh, How do you feel about cutting For bigger bigger fish mm-hmm. redfish Yeah, uh, you know, if you're gonna some older kids and mm-hmm. you're you know more patient kids or maybe just a second or third line out while they're catching yeah catching the little croakers in the whities my dad did that with me when i was a kid mm-hmm. uh, we'd always throw out maybe not even a cut mullet just a whole mullet yeah you know on a big hook mm-hmm. and Oh, you think half a crab Thursday, uh, and you yeah. think i'm gonna catch a oh, oh, I'm, orca I'm, <laughs> getting, I'm getting the biggest fish out here <laughs> yeah. and hardly ever ever got eaten yeah. but every once in a while we'd catch a big drum big red fish big red or, big yeah. red or mm-hmm. something like that we fished texas dike a lot yeah and uh yeah we'd pull in some a big fish every once in a while and that was always you know super oh, it's, exciting an ordeal you know? uh, yeah, i mean was, yeah
2: everybody's excited yeah. And it was cool taking drag got that big rod going so i
0: think for a kid trip i think that's probably a great way to go mm-hmm. i mean it got me hooked on it mm-hmm. uh, let them catch as many fish as they want to catch on on the little rod and reel oh yeah uh, be there and unhook and rebate and do all that for them or if, mm-hmm. you know if they, as they get a little older let them do it uh, but have maybe one or two rods set out and uh, maybe hook something big and let them feel that right exactly all right, so um, this is uh,
2: relatively uh, new. Um, so, and I'm looking for the story as I'm talking here, but we don't need the story. We both read it already. Uh, so, there's a five trout limit uh, lower coast and mid coast up through the. Where, where's the the line again?
0: It's like, around Sergeant right
2: now, right around Sergeant. But in East Matagorda, it's still five. East Matagorda, is still five. So north of that, right, is a ten trout limit. All right, so Galveston's a ten trout limit, right? um and texas parks and wildlife is discussing uh making it a five trout limit uh, throughout the entire texas coast I don't, i'm not exactly sure where it stands you probably know more about it now if it's going to be implemented for sure or not but i do know that i support it and i know the argument that we're going to have a lot of listeners that are guides that are going to be talking about um well, you're gonna put me out of business, you know. Well, what am, and, 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 and and bait stands and every- <laughs> i had
0: been listening to that since <laughs> I was a kid. Uh, I'm old enough, and you're old enough to remember there wasn't a limit yep. on trout. Yep, there was no limit, mm-hmm. and when they came in with twenty trout limit, I mean, you heard it from all over the place. Oh, it's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be terrible. And the way Parks and Wildlife was set up back then, uh, the commissioners for different counties mm-hmm. had a lot of say in in that. Trinity Bay stayed at fifty trout. Mm-hmm. for a while uh that's hard to believe but yeah when i, I didn't, didn't even know that because i used to fish more south yeah, back then it did it stayed at 50 trout for a little while yeah and then it fell in line Can with you everybody imagine that else 50 trout it's, yeah, stupid I, I used to do it i know <laughs> well of course when <laughs> we were kids yeah, and, when and, i was a kid I, yeah. I did it a lot yeah uh, it wasn't anything go out the surf mm-hmm. when the surf was on and, and be just, able to catch 30 40 50 60 trout yeah you know and and it was just there wasn't anybody there though right yeah and that's the difference now and that's what the and now we got six million last i checked right and they're saying licenses in texas and our coastal population from what they're saying the texas coastal population is going to double in the next 20 years yeah that's a lot (laughs) i mean we've got a lot of traffic out there now Uh, go out there on any saturday in the Mm -hmm. summertime and look around and our fishing population is going to double right over that period of time um that's more pressure and more and more pressure on these trout uh, but you know everybody said when they went to the 20 oh it's gonna put us all out of business nobody's gonna want to come down here and just keep 20 yeah and then after the 83 that was uh the 83 freeze yeah um we went from 20 to 10 mm-hmm. in 1984 that's when we went to the 10 inch it was always uh 12 to 14 inches right. you know they they when it was twenty, it was twelve inches. Then when we went to the ten, I mm-hmm. think is when we went to fourteen inches. uh Trying to get it to a point where the trout were able to breed at least once before right. they were put in a frying pan. Right. As more research came in. Right. Yeah. And so the the tin fish, I heard it again. I heard the squalling <laughs> and the hollering and the yelling. And oh my God, we're going to be put out. Of business. I was working at Marburgers when that that came through. Yeah. And man, we're going to be put out of business and. Uh, yeah Marburg wasn't worried about it he said no we're we're fine yeah he was all for it he was a big cca proponent mm-hmm. and uh, but all the guides that came in the store you know complained about it man my people aren't going to drive down from oklahoma yes they are just to catch sure they are and it didn't change anything no well we have more guides now than we've ever had in the past right so obviously it's not it's not a deterrent mm-hmm. uh when they came up you uh, know was it 2007? Uh, they came up and did the the land cut south. Yep. Port Mansfield and Port Isabel. Uh, that's when they went to five fish because they found out they didn't have, through surveys, they didn't have a lot of the mid-sized fish. And the breeding grounds were affected simultaneously as this right. was going on. And that was when we had a big freshwater flood down yeah. there and it, it killed a lot of the grass. So they went to that down there and experimented with it. Well, their fish rebounded pretty well mm-hmm. and it was Really, really good there for quite a few years. I know a lot of people who switched fishing from East Matagorda and all these different, oh, yeah. and Port O'Connor guys and Rockport guys. They're going down. They bought houses down they in Port going, Mansfield. They were going down, and uh, it, <laughs> Port Mansfield became a very popular place. But then uh, in 2014 is when we went to the five fish <clears throat> up along up the coast, yeah, to the middle coast, yeah, and. Uh, there was a push to do it over the entire coast, but there was a whole bunch of people up here around the Galveston area, mm-hmm. uh, some guides in particular, that, again, hollered and screamed. They said, man, our trout are fine. We're good. We don't need anything. We don't need that. Now don't what are need they that. saying? Now those exact same guides, or a whole lot of them, are saying, man, we're hurting. Yep. We need that five-fish limit. Yep. I was for it back then. I'm not going to pat myself on the back about it or anything. Yeah. But if you just looked at how many people were coming onto the bays and how many people were getting into fishing, mm-hmm. I wanted to be proactive. I, I was hoping that they would be proactive about this. Right. Look at East Matagorda right now. I mean, it's a fantastic big trout fishery. Um, they've been in the five fish thing for quite a few years now. Yeah. Uh, I think it's making a difference. It's now absolutely there. making a I mean, difference. It, it can't help but make a difference. Uh, but then you hear the other argument, well, nope. who catches limits? Okay. Uh, who catches a 10 fish limit? Mm-hmm. There are guys that catch 10 fish limits on a regular basis. there's damn good time they go out. Um The average guy, no. You know, right. most of your average people, the weekend guys, don't do it. Uh, but guys who go out with mm-hmm. guides and fish with croaker in the summertime, I mean, that's almost an automatic limit. Right. Well, you uh, when know how we feel about croaker. And, and, yeah. you,
2: and you can go back and listen. Uh, we talked about croaker. We think that's wrong. So
0: let's cut it in half. Right.
2: I mean that can't do anything but help right it can only help and i want to i want to talk about you know you talked about how it can help and, and and all that my thing with why it should be five it's twofold foremost it's not just fishing pressure more people fishing with licenses i mentioned you know just do the math there's six million people with uh or one point 1.2 million people with, with the licenses I think it's 6 million if you you know in terms of fish that they can catch but anyway regardless of the number of people with licenses in in Texas back then you didn't have as many kayaks if any you didn't right. have any of these rafts if any right. you didn't have as many uh, shorelines available with with the fancy uh, docks and bulkheads and and piers, uh, you didn't have the numbers of of, of you know fish licensed fishermen. Uh, all these things, you didn't have the availability of boats. Uh, people could not. In order, back when I was a kid, we didn't have a damn boat. It was too expensive. Yeah. Yeah, but now they're becoming more. You can buy a ninety thousand dollar boat, but you can also right. buy a two thousand dollar boat. Yeah. So there's more people on the water there's more ways to fish there's more efficient fish, licensed fishermen there's more uh, you know just the pressure is immense
0: our equipment's better the equipment's all better. over our rods reels you don't miss as many fish you're not gonna miss as many fish you've got better lures uh you've right. got everything's better yeah. everything's getting better and better and better and more and more of it yeah uh the fish haven't changed mm-hmm. the fish are still the same as they were right Uh, i don't think they're morphing into some super smart right critter that can avoid us Mm -hmm. Uh, so basically we're throwing a sane out there Uh, Well, here's the thing you and i want to catch just like our listeners we want to catch all the fish we can sure
2: i absolutely want to catch all the fish i want more than my share you know (laughs) i want want more but what do you really this is the second point i was going to make what are you really trying to prove bringing 30 fish home with three guys what, what, what are you really doing? Are you, the fish are just going to rot in your freezer. Yeah. You're not going to eat them all unless you have a wedding, you right. know, and you're having a fish fry at your function or whatever. Five trout, five good trout, that's a lot of fish to eat. That's a lot yeah. of fish to eat for you and your family. All right? That's in, sure. just in one trip. You don't need 10, 20, 30 trout in your freezer because it's just going to go bad. So I just think this simple, you know, economics here is a reason to put it to five.
0: I don't have a single fish in my freezer right period mm-hmm. it's it, i'm not against it i mean you know, oh, if, you, if you live off the coast hey i eat fish all oh, the time I, we eat fish all the time but i don't have any in my freezer yeah uh but you know of course i live right there and i guide and i can go get a fish mm-hmm. you know pretty much anytime i really need to right. but even when i didn't live on the coast i didn't keep much right. yeah hey, i didn't keep much in the freezer i kept what we were going to eat mm-hmm. my wife would call and say hey and why don't you bring a kind of fish uh, home this uh, yeah. how about some trout redfish and uh, so i would instead of throwing them all back i'd bring home three or four or whatever right. i needed right. uh, for us and the kids now it's just me and her yeah, i really don't do much of it mm-hmm. uh, i'll if, keep a flounder if, oh yeah if i kept, if i didn't keep a flounder if i threw the flounder back and she found out you about it i'd you. be in trouble <laughs> so yeah i keep all the flounder but uh, i don't really target them much so i don't and catch all a whole lot protected. of protected they're even more protected, which yeah. is
2: a good thing. Um, and then the other thing, we like to brag. We're guys, of course, and I, I, you know, if if I have, if I catch a really nice trout, the better picture is when he's still alive or she's still alive. Absolutely, not not in a nice chest and all yeah. the colors out of it. So if you catch a really nice trout, you know, a lot of times I feel like guys are bringing home all these trouts to say, hey, look what I did. Right. Uh, look what I caught, you know, to, uh, limited trout. And so did Bob and so did Sally. Uh, and they have, they take a picture of a full ice chest with all these fish in it that they're probably never going to eat them all or have to give them away or something. Whereas if you catch a good 24, 25 inch trout, the better pictures you know, take it while you're on the boat
0: or you're wherever you are. You're way more excited. Get you're more in the moment. Yeah. Your face shows it. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're standing there at the dock, and you do a little thumbs up. You're yeah. tired. Everybody's tired. and yeah. wore out, and it's not. It's just not a good picture. Mm-hmm.
2: No, I, I I totally agree. I think it's something that. Uh, do you think it will happen up and down the coast?
0: I believe it will this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's enough of a push. Uh, they sent out the surveys to everybody. Yeah. And from what I gather, the the surveys came back positive. Positive towards mm-hmm. going yeah. to the five fish, and it it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think. It would simplify things for the game wardens as well. Yeah, you know, uh, absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I feel for those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got two different regions right next to each other, then one's a five fish and one's a ten fish, mm-hmm. and then
2: they, yes. the excuse making, oh right. well, I caught them over. So
0: prove it. Yeah, yeah, prove it. Well, that's going to tie uh, in with our, our next topic. But do but you have but anything but else but to I wrap like, up on here? I I just think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I I really do. Uh, they the five fish thing for the middle coast was actually a sunset type leg, legislation mm-hmm. where it's due to be sunset or right. away right. if they don't renew it august 31st this coming year okay. in 2019 that was that was the deal it was set up for a five year mm-hmm. Trial Mm -hmm. and see how it worked well i think it's working pretty well ask the guys right now
2: down on the lower coast and
0: up up till matagorda i do i talk
2: to them all the time they love it they like it because you know what because exactly what we're talking about with the pictures all their clients now they're catching big trout right and bigger trout sure uh so that makes that makes a big difference
0: so with that being said that it's going to be the sunset they have to renew that Mm -hmm. if they're you know if they want to keep it going right and i think that would be the exact same time that that the new one would come into effect. Everything always goes into effect September 1st. Sure, sure. So I think they'll it's renew that one simultaneously. They'll mm-hmm. enforce it on the upper Texas I would love coast. It. I would love it. I'm not going to go hungry. No. You know, it, I don't think anybody is. We're not out there fishing for sustenance. Yeah. It's just not. <laughs> yeah. it's, if you want to go out there and get some fish get and hammer some fish and eat a bunch of fish, yeah. uh, go out there and catch those mangrove snapper off the jetties. Go out and catch some sheep's head. Go out and get some drum. Yep. Uh, I mean, I know that's what they do down in South Texas. Now, a lot of the guides, mm-hmm. they'll go out and they'll do their trout and redfish trips. If they've got somebody who really, you know, wants to have a fish fry, yeah. they'll go out and catch a bunch of little puppy drum. Why not to go with it? Yeah, why and not? And add add to it. You think the party's going to tell any different? No, they can't <laughs> not tell with the like difference. seven beers in them. Well, <laughs> and, and you, honestly, I don't think you could tell me the difference between a redfish and a puppy drum if I put them on a plate I side by yeah, side. I don't think you could. Cooked the same, yeah. You couldn't tell the difference. And mangrove snapper is pretty nice. Mangrove tasty. snapper, I think you can tell the difference because I like them better. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's the crappie <laughs> of the bay right there. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, that that that's legit right there. Again, uh, th- this is a good tie-in for th- for the next topic. Um, it's a little it's a little bit uh, almost uh, it, it hard to explain, but we we know about the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department and CCA Coastal Conservation Association the programs that they're doing for habitat which ties directly to this thing we just talked about with the five trout limit but habitat is a real deal right now man if you're listening to us and you fish for any
0: amount of time you've
2: seen habitat change i've seen it just in the last three years
0: well, i watch things disappear in the marsh all the time yeah islands disappear uh, points mm-hmm. uh, shorelines that used to be really cool have a lot of points on them are now just a straight shoreline right now some uh, of that
2: is mother nature a lot of it is, and you know, however you feel about global warming or whatever is affecting uh, us, something's affecting us and affecting. But some of that is us. Some of that is just a lot <laughs> of it. A yeah, lot of it's most us. Most of it is us. Uh, so they're doing some great things at CCA and, and TPWD. Um, the great things you know the, the reefs that there's they're laying offshore near shore some of the things they're doing to to re and a lot of volunteer stuff shout out to the volunteers that are uh, that are doing that replanting grass and helping shorelines you see it more than i do but there's some really good things going on right now
0: yeah, the reef system in the state waters is a really cool mm-hmm. project uh, they're basically building us a, a reef yeah. from one into texas to the other mm-hmm. and local Some of the locals get involved in it, and some sometimes it's just CCA and and a few people. Uh, Being down in Rio Grande Valley over the last few days, I get to see it down there when I go. It's gorgeous all along the uh, Ship Channel. There's big open areas out there that have these huge. Uh, fish pyramids mm-hmm. all up and down the channel that's awesome. they're sitting up there on the dock waiting to be deployed and you're like hurry uh, just waiting to take them out there <laughs> i'm talking thousands of them are, are just Man. lined up stacked up mm-hmm. they have really gotten after it down there right and uh, if you've ever fished any of those type areas it's mm-hmm. just really cool because you can go out there with a, your fish finder and start looking and you'll see it on the bottom and it parks and wildlife gives you the coordinates no, see that's not, the best they're part. not hiding it. they're doing that
2: on every one of these reefs. Right.
0: yeah and they'll tell you you know like the one off port o'connor i've got it in my gps mm-hmm. i've got the each corner of it yeah i've got the you know the northwest corner the southeast corner and then i've got the center <laughs> and so i know exactly where every edge of that that reef is and anybody can do that anybody can do it it's out there mm-hmm. the, the information is there you can look uh, search They're it on online. facebook yeah you can search um, online facebook yeah. whatever parks and wildlife that's where i got my coordinates from was right off facebook yeah and uh, so it's it's a really good project Mm -hmm. uh, because a few years back you know they started uh, decommissioning all these oil rigs right Uh, when i was a kid man you go out there and just literally rig hop Mm -hmm. from one to the next to the next to the next and that's where all the fish were yeah this is the only structure out there they were everywhere. Now that you look them down, down, now you just don't see that many of them. Some they're, of them still have the old shell pads. Yeah, you can still find some. Them. Don't
2: because the later rigs, latest rigs, don't have shell No, pad. They don't
0: have shell pads, right? And they just and some sh- people may not know that, right? The ones in the bays all had shell pads, but mm-hmm. the ones offshore, yeah. You know, that once things are gone, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of it they left on the bottom on yeah. some of those. But uh, if you had the old coordinates, I guess you go over there and with a good, you can see you know, it. Your good hummingbird Solix yeah. and start yeah. looking at it. Yeah, but. uh now it's just a replacement for it, right? Yeah, you know, it's helping continue mm-hmm. the red snapper recovery. So, so all the, all the question that.
2: becomes: right. the question becomes, what can regular Scott and John and anybody listen to? What can we do for habitat? You would think, well, not much. Actually, there is. There's a lot you can yeah. do uh, for, for habitat because I know. A lot of times, when you're moving out of a, a marsh or a, a, a oyster reef or something, you want to putter out, not to bother other fishermen. And then sometimes you you start your motor, and what are you doing? What do you see coming out of the back of your, your right. boat? You know, mud stuff's getting turned up, uh, et cetera. That times a million, all right, is what's yeah. happening to the to the shore, uh, the 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 floor bottom, the, the bay bottom there.
0: So that's what you can do is just don't be don't be a brute. Yeah, that's probably the best thing you can do for the for the habitat is not be the one that screws it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I pull in and I pull out. I run the trolling motor in or out. Uh, you won't see me out there chugging along. With a mud trail behind me, it's just right. something it's, I don't like to do. It doesn't make sense, even in an area that, especially in grass. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, it's illegal in grass to do that. Mm-hmm. It's illegal to uproot the grass. But uh, even in mud areas, I mean, all the life is in that mud. Right. Yeah. You know, just, just know that. I mean, people think, oh, it's just a mud flat. Well, there's shrimp. There's eels. There's all kind of it's stuff there's there, there, there. They, You know, right. all kinds it's of the little... beginning of the food chain. Yeah. It's the bottom, very bottom of the food chain. It's the bottom of the bay and the bottom of the food chain. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the big reasons that they did away with shrimpers to begin with. Yes. Uh, they found out through some studies so that, dragging and dragging that they and were drag- dragging every square foot of the bay system was getting drugged three four or five times a year, right. And so it didn't allow the the bottom substrata to to remain mm-hmm. intact mm-hmm. and produce. Uh, so, that's a big part of why Parson and Wildlife came along and did the the shrimp boat, uh, the, the right. buybacks of the licenses. Right. And uh, so, that's probably the biggest thing is just don't screw it up yourself. Mm-hmm. But also But uh, also, something I used to do, I still do, in the marsh, like back in the back of Green's Marsh where I made a living mm-hmm. when I was in Galveston guiding. Right. And I would take people back there from all over the country and we'd be pulled along and they'd, they'd remark about how clean it was. Mm-hmm man this is this place is nice back here i haven't seen any trash i haven't seen anything and that's because i would pick it up Mm -hmm. on the days that i didn't have customers even when i had customers if i saw something major right you know you know that i could pick up easily with a customer not disturb their day Mm -hmm. Uh, if it was something a little bigger you know a tarp or something like that that i needed to get i'd wait i'd mark it right know where it is right and i'd go back and get it. but just picking up the trash picking up old fishing line don't discard your fishing line in the water don't thank you don't don't do it you know, there you
2: you're talk about ecosystem a uh, fishing line is is a hor- i've seen some of these things
0: horrible horrible thing
2: for the ecosystem
0: and it, uh, it's bad enough on the animals mm-hmm. themselves but from a selfish reason if if you have to go that route if you really don't care about the animals if, from a selfish reason mm-hmm. it'll cut the If it gets tangled up in your prop, oh, you're done. You don't know it. Yeah, it it'll cut in there, and your lower unit's gonna go out.
2: Right. No, I agree with that. You cut your
0: seals in a heartbeat.
2: But you know, just for the for the wildlife down there, uh, obviously, we all know the obvious things: plastic bottles, trash. You know, keep it in your boat. Some people don't pick it up if you see some. I I go so far as you know when you when you're done with a, a plastic tail, don't throw it in the water. No. I, I throw them in my uh, in
0: my ice chest. Just
2: put them in your trash. Put them in your yeah. ice chest, and you think, well, it's just one. No, it's not. It's hundreds over the time that you've you fished, and it's thousands. Of Walk
0: of- down a fishing aisle. Yes, at any of your local stores, and look at how many are up there, and know that those those baits are getting turned. Yeah, those packages of baits are getting turned. Everything weekly. you see
2: on the wall has the the predecessor is in the trash. Hopefully, right. not in the water. Exactly. Um. So you know, hopefully, enough people will. You think, oh, I just want a little plastic tail. Come on now. You know better than that. Right. Uh, you know better than that. But the main thing for me is the is is the puttering in and out, uh, running across the bay. Um, lift your motor. Uh, use the trolling motor. Use the pole if that's what you're doing. Uh, it, it, you know, it's going to take you, what, five minutes longer?
0: You know where the shallow water is. Yeah, you do. You should. You you should. Know when, you know, you should. Mm-hmm. And you know when you're screwing up. Yeah. I mean, nobody has to tell you. Hey, people are gonna get up. stuck. I've been stuck. You've been oh, stuck. Yeah. That's it, gonna happen. It's going to happen, from but, don't, time to time. but don't make it a habit of, of, of just grinding yeah. on that stuff. I watched some guys down in Port O'Connor last summer. Uh, two young guys in a boat that really it would float fairly shallow. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It wasn't gonna chug shallow, and they didn't have a trolling motor, and they were drifting up onto the shoreline. <laughs> the wind was blowing out of the south. And they were warp fishing the north shoreline, and they were drifting over grass. Fine. Yeah, that's that's all well and good. Yeah. Well. Then they'd get all the way up there to the shoreline. They'd drop their motor down and they would chug back out and tear up the grass and tear up the bottom, and then do the exact same thing over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. all the way down that shoreline. And they just put a whole pile of prop scars through that grass. And prop scars take a long time to heal. No, they do. Uh, They they don't just go away Mm -hmm. overnight. It takes a long time for you know. You can see uh, I've got areas that are just prop scarred all to pieces. Man, that's Uh, something. And what happens is when they, you get the prop scars in there and you get two, three, four of them and they start crossing each other Mm -hmm. and then they make a little square or a little triangle, that little square or that little triangle, the grass just kind of seems to die out in there. Yeah. And And it starts uh, fading. Right. And I think a whole lot of it has to do with how much um, the current plays into that. Right. The current moves better over that, that open water, you know, Mm -hmm. the open bottom Mm -hmm. where that that scar is sure so it's moving a little faster in that scar and, and, and not letting it grow it's washing it out yeah yeah and it just erodes it away mm-hmm. and I've, I've watched some really nice grass flats just get completely oh we've all seen up. them i've seen them just and like said just the
2: last couple of years go away you can see it all right uh before we get out of here windy and rainy on thursday windy 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 on friday <laughs> they're talking
0: 45 mile an
2: hour they're talking wind yeah. but yeah.
0: saturday and sunday is supposed to get a
2: little better Supposed to. Uh, any thoughts now the wind is a good wind i think on, on thursday friday
0: coming from the northwest uh, yeah, there's going to be no water left in yeah the bay. yeah and this is going to be one of those times that it's the lowest you've ever seen it kind mm-hmm. of times mm-hmm. if it if this really does come through like they're talking about yeah they were saying sustained 30 to 35 miles an hour gusting to one i saw in galveston 40, yesterday 45 47 was the, the predicted gusts uh that kind of wind is going to blow all the water out of the marsh. <laughs> and uh, don't be back there duck hunting when this happens. This, that's happened to me before. You get stuck? When I was a kid, I, uh-huh. I duck hunted on a, a bad norther like that before uh-huh. I really understood the full yeah. impact of a northwest wind. <laughs> Dude, it's a long and walk. I spent the night. <laughs> it's a long <laughs> in walk. In the back end of a marsh, laying in my John boat because my John boat was on mud. Yeah. And, uh, water didn't come back till the next day oh my god i got god. another hunt in though i'd have been you know, terrified <laughs> of course you did <laughs> you know, the next morning i, <laughs> I went ahead and hunted again but uh yeah they, uh, the water's gonna go away so what that's gonna do for your fishing is now's the time to go to those deep holes that you know about that's what we it's we're also, talking about if you don't if you're not doing well with the fishing or you hammer them and you want to go looking. This is a great time to get out there and start looking around and see what those mm-hmm. the what that bottom really looks like without any water on it you can really get a good idea take some if pictures
2: if it i't I hadn't even thought about that but that's a great point if it's
0: that low you know go go check out your spots oh, that's, that's that's the, my the article I just turned in for <laughs> Texas saltwater fishing yeah. that's what I talk about yeah uh, go back in there uh it may not be easy to get there yeah uh, I've, there's been times I have put a kayak in my boat. Yeah, and, and just, just go, go back there way. and go mud scooting on the yeah. kayak so that i can see it yeah uh, but i wanted to see what some of these lakes are mm-hmm. what happens is say you got a group of tailing reds in the back end of a lake mm-hmm. when you go in the mullet get disturbed and the fish get disturbed and the tails go away right and i'll be damn those redfish disappeared in less than a foot of water yeah what the hell happened to them if you know that that lake has a every lake's got a drain yeah it's got a little deeper gut through it somewhere somewhere, somewhere yeah on days like this what's coming up you'll know where that gut is so as soon as that school red disappears on you you're good to go as soon as that school red's gone start casting to that gut because Mm -hmm. that's where they went they're not spooked enough to not eat right they just knew something happened a disturbance happened so they're going to drop off into the safety of the deepest thing they can find right and there's a lot of times I'll see them disappear like that, and I'll start telling customers, "Cast over to your right, about thirty or forty feet. Mm-hmm. And there's a little gut that runs right through there. I think that's where those fish and are." And how do
2: you find that out with your electronics and with scouting? Just scouting, scouting I mean just, on, the, on days like the like uh, what's coming up? What's coming up? It's gonna be, be good though.
0: It could it you can get be into those deep holes. It can be really good if you yeah. get if you know the right holes to go to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's yeah, it. It could be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Biggest problem's gonna be getting there. Biggest Uh, problem is going to be getting there. You have to know your ramp. You have to know the route. Mm-hmm. And it's still gonna be pretty cool, but not not horrible. No, uh, on the weekend, just right for you. Yeah,
2: yeah, just to dress the right way. I, I I look like Nanook from the North when I get out there. <laughs> I don't mess around. I got the ear flaps. I got the uh, the neoprene gloves. Uh, you got to do it like that, and just to be comfortable. All right, man. Good show. Good stuff from uh, from you today, my man. Uh, it's Bite Me Texas Saltwater Fishing Podcast. I'm John Lopez. That is Captain Scott Null. You know where to find me all over social media and facebook at lopez on sports on twitter and instagram uh actually you can find me on facebook as well captain scott captain scott null uh on facebook you are also on instagram and it's captain scott null as well i think that was just c-a-p-t c-a-p-t yeah. all right yeah, i and think that's what she said oh yeah. i said it off. you, you know. can find it and i'll i'll uh, tweet it all out uh, appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to send us some messages, uh, questions uh, of what you... Uh, we didn't get to some stuff for this episode. It was it was moving fast, uh, but we will get to everything. And, man, we sure appreciate you guys uh, uh, listening. I hope you have a great weekend of fishing. And I'm going to go shake that box that I think has some nice Costa sunglasses in it. We'll talk to you next time.